0: Coming up on the program, I want to address something that I get uh, asked quite a bit. And if you have young kids, this is the show for you. What do kids need to know about sexuality and how do we tell them from our perspective? In other words, from the parents' perspective, not what they're going to get at school but what we uh, can offer them and how we need to understand uh, childhood sexuality and and help our children go in the right direction so we'll talk about that coming up Uh, But first, let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Let me answer some of your uh, questions tonight, which you can send, by the way, to uh, you can text me right now to 514-800. Or you can uh, text that you can send them by email. Lori at drlaurie.com uh, so before i do that i want to just open up our little contest that had began began on uh, on friday august 23rd we're having a big bash uh, passion is celebrating 20 years on the air and we're having a party with a live broadcast it's a vip event meaning that it's by invitation only so winners will get to uh, to attend this event because i wish everybody could come but the space is uh is limited, so I want to give away tickets to the event. I just need you to text me uh, why you want to be there or email me, Lori at com. Tell me why you want to go, and every night we'll pick a winner or uh, or two uh, at the party we're going to have our regular contributors so everybody that you hear on, on the different panels will be there uh, MCing will be Dan Laxer uh, CJD's own Dan Laxer we're going to have live performances by Stephen Voice Melissa Plett and Dolly Blonde we're also going to have some uh, exploration booths meaning where you're going to be able to ask lots of questions we're going to have a booth on uh, uh, for our kink, our kink panel we'll be there and we'll be able to answer answer questions. They're going to bring some of their props and things like that. We'll have a booth on sex toys. So you can t- ask uh, somebody who knows all about sex toys. We're going to have a uh, talk about safe sex. Uh, so there's going to be lots of stuff. There's going to be door prizes. There's going to be a uh, food. Uh, so we're going to have a nice uh, dessert table. We're going to play dirty minds to win some, uh, win some prizes and everybody who comes, will get a gift bag as well. So it's going to be really, really fun. August 23rd, 8.30 to 11.30. It takes place at the radio station. You got to be on the guest list. So tell me why you want to go at 514-800. And we'll pick some winners tonight and every night up until the, uh, the event. All right. Let me get to a couple of questions. Uh, I'm a 30-year-old female who's had a lot of sexual partners in the past. I never came. I know it's psychological. How do I fix this? So I don't know how, whether you know it's psychological or not, it all depends on what do you mean by the sexual, like what kind of sexuality are you having? So if your thinking or your expectation is that you will have orgasms through penetration with your partners, then, uh, it's not. Necessarily psychological. That's a a physical thing. Most women need that clitoral stimulation. So, a lot of women think it has to do with the partners or what have you because when they're on their own, they're fine, but when they're with their partners, they're not. So, sometimes it is psychological. Sometimes you may uh, not feel safe. You may not feel completely comfortable to let go. The whole um, getting to climax means that your body and your mind, at least for women, has to be relaxed so if you're worried if you're worried about uh, anything to do with your body if you're worried about uh, what your partner's thinking at that moment and all of these things are going through your head Well, guess what? You're nowhere near relaxed. So it will be very difficult to orgasm. So you want to figure out, if you were my client, I would try to find out what's going on in in your head. What, what are, what's the script that's happening there? What are the words? What are the sentences that are running through your brain whenever you are with um, a partner that doesn't happen uh, when you're alone so uh, those, are, those are some of the things that I would uh, want to explore to get to the bottom of this because clearly I mean I don't have much inform- other information to go on really okay another one hi Dr. Laurie. I have a concern that bothers me I am a 35 year old happily married for seven years with two kids we have a great sex life We are Jewish Orthodox, so two weeks of the month, we don't touch. My concern is my penis size. I feel it's not satisfying my wife, even though she does not complain and says I am great and size does not matter. But we both know and wish I was bigger. I am sometimes to go for long, 20 minutes plus, and sometimes I come fast. But I am very self-conscious about my size. I'm not tall. Actually quite short. My wife is a little taller than me. Uh, I can perform and hold out, but is there anything to do about my size? Um, Example, we always have to use a towel to dry her because she becomes so wet. I did try penis enlargement pills a few years back, but that kind of did nothing. What do you suggest and how should I feel? What can be done? Thanks. And again, sex is great with her. We both love it, but I want to be bigger. Maybe it's coming from the lust, but it would be really nice. <laughs> okay, yes, it would be really nice, but you know, uh sometimes you just got to live with what you're born with. And the other thing is, she's not complaining. She's telling you size doesn't matter. She's telling you sex is great. She's telling you that she's completely satisfied. So why are you worried about this? Most women don't really care about the size if you are good with it. If you're doing good stuff with it with what you've got and that doesn't just include your penis by the way, your hands, your mouth and and everything else. You talk about the ejaculation, but the majority of men don't last more than 5 minutes of intercourse. So there's nothing wrong with that with with your with your speed of of ejaculation. And there really is nothing you can do about your penis size. Bottom line: no pills, no gadgets, nada. Um, and uh, there, the proof is there. You know, getting those penis enlargement, male enhancer pills off the internet—they don't work. There's no studies on them. There's no proof. There's nothing. N- waste of money. Uh, so maybe, I, and I'm thinking something else because you talked about your uh, your wife becoming very lubricated and maybe you feel small because your wife maybe has a bigger vagina or maybe her vagina is is so wet and and uh, so lubricated that uh, maybe you feel a little lost in there. That's a possibility as well. But bottom line, you say sex is great. So please stop worrying about it. You're worrying for absolutely nothing you're making a problem where a problem does not exist so and a lot of people have that tendency and it makes them drives them crazy Uh, so got a text that says, Dr. Laura, my wife and I have been avid listeners of yours for at least 15 years of your 20 years of broadcasts. We enjoy the show. Appreciate your advice and your values. We would love to attend your 20th anniversary celebration with you and other fans of the show. Thank you. That's lovely. So we're going to put your name in a draw and anyone else who is, uh, interested, we uh just text me 514 800 tell me why you'd like to go to our big anniversary celebration on august 23rd it's going to be a hell of a party uh, coming up we'll talk about what kids need to know about sexuality and how to tell them and what you learned and what you wanted to learn and what you didn't learn all of that coming right up safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. How many of you were prepared for your first period? How many of you guys were prepared about wet dreams before they happened? That you knew about them before they happened? And were you really told how babies were made? Were you ever told about love and sex, how they go together or how they don't go together? Did you feel prepared for dating and sexual relationships? These are some of the reasons why we need to talk to kids about sex and some many of us were not spoken to by our parents about this information, let alone putting school aside. I think the best place to learn about sexuality is actually at home from the parents. And this is what kids want. This research shows that kids want to learn from their parents. Uh, so I wanted to go over some of this stuff a little bit look at child development look at what kids need to know at what age so if you have children young children let's talk about this Um, this is a a question I get quite often in fact and tell me about yours like when did you learn about your first period I want to hear your first period stories I want to hear your first wet dream stories did were you freaked out was it scary for you did you not understand what was going on or or were you, in fact, well-prepared? So people often ask me, like, at what age, you know, uh, should we be talking about sex? And when the whole curriculum for uh, when they started to bring uh, sex education into the schools, parents are panicking because they're thinking kids are too young to learn about all this stuff. But frankly, knowing about sexuality is really, in this day and age, a must before the age of of 10 think of it this way 6 is the new 9 10 is the new 13 and hopefully 50 is the new 30 <laughs> I just had to throw that in but really think about it why why is it that we uh, have to start so young part of it is because of the um, there's the greater access to information right kids have access to all kinds of images information messages that are far too mature uh for young young minds but that are there nonetheless and they have and they know the buzzwords like without knowing what they even mean but the kids have knowledge of the buzzwords that are out there all you have to do is hang out in a playground one day with kids and listen to their conversations and you will hear talk about you'll hear the word sex you'll hear the word sexy you'll hear all kinds of stuff kids sharing information wrong information mind you but stuff that they have seen so we need to talk about this uh companies that are marketing um items and and messages to young girls that we would have previously never dreamed of like it would have been considered completely inappropriate there was a at one time not that long ago, uh, people were up in arms because, uh, thongs were being sold to eight year old little girls. Like they were in the little girl department, right? Uh, low cut clothing, belly shirts, all of these things are being sold and marketed to very, uh, young girls. Our cultural norms are changing. There are things that were once considered unacceptable that are now not, and, Last week, talking about the story of uh, topless women uh, allowed, it's perfectly legal for women to go around topless in, let's say, the water park. So, well, your kid is going to see that. Do we want to have a discussion about this beforehand? There's that. At one time, sex before marriage was a big no-no. Well, that certainly has changed. What are some other Cultural norms that you can think about uh, or think of since you were a kid that have changed, and which forces us—at sh- well, least it should force us—to address these issue, uh, these issues, uh, much much sooner. So we've got the hypersexualization. We have easier access to sex messages, which of course may not always be accurate, and we have a lot of health sexual health issues that we still have to uh, think about. There are some infections that stay with you for a lifetime, for example, or, or some infections that will harm your fertility or that will kill you. Or, I mean, these are, these are realities. So we as parents are our children's primary sexuality educators. Let my th- thing is I don't want to leave it all up to the schools. The schools do enough and they've got a lot on their plates. We're the ones who give them the values. Like we could talk about what the schools can provide and what we can provide. Um, but we are their primary sexuality educators. They trust us. They feel safe with us. So the sooner that children hear about these aspects of life, the sooner they're going to be able to understand them children ignore information that they can't appreciate because parents worry that oh i'm going to give them too much information they're going to go out and tell everybody or like it's going to ruin their innocence or whatever it is but th- this is all these are all misguided kind of thoughts children actually ignore information that they they can't appreciate and then as their uh, brains mature they uh start to uh, those ideas start to evolve for them and then they start asking more and more questions and they will they'll uh, if you open the door your kids will ask more questions when they want more information but i want to hear from you and think about your own uh relationship to your parents and what was Did you learn about sex from them? Were you able to have these conversations with them? Who talked to you about the first period? Did anybody talk to you? Or was it a complete surprise? I mean, I've heard some pretty uh, horrific stories from women who were completely traumatized because nobody had told them what a period was. And then, you know, 11 years old, here they are uh, bleeding and they associate blood with Getting hurt, and so they're freaking out. So this does happen. I'm sure it happens less and less now because we are far more open with this. And now schools have mandatory uh, puberty, um, like puberty education. So there's there's the sex education component, but in grade five, generally kids get uh, what's called uh, from the nurse, like like puberty information, where they do talk about this. But some kids are getting their periods even earlier than that. So you would want to have that conversation uh, even earlier than that. Parents often worry too uh, that uh, they're going to do this wrong. Like, so they, it's like, I don't know how to have this talk. I don't want to screw up my kids. I don't want to do this wrong. So maybe I won't do it at all, right? But you can't really do this wrong. Unless you're giving blatantly wrong information like where do babies come from oh the stork brings the babies or we just prayed a lot and there you were or what have you so no by lying um unfortunately if you don't tell them the truth you lose credibility with your kids so you really can't do it wrong as long as you're giving them um the facts right and you don't need to be an expert you don't need to be me You don't need to be an expert in sexuality. It's okay if you don't have an answer, but it's also okay to say, you know what? I don't quite know how to answer that, but let me find out and I will get back to you. Uh, We are the source for our children, or at least I know most of us want to be, right? You want your children to turn to you for especially uh, such delicate things. 514-800, would love to hear some of your thoughts, thinking back to your own uh, sexual health uh, education from the home. Uh, most of us m- got little bits and pieces at school, but what did you get at home? It, and we can be, I'm 55. I don't know how old you are, but it would be interesting to see, like if you send me a text, tell me how old you are to see, is there a difference in different generations? Uh, are younger people more exposed to this by their parents or are their parents more comfortable um talking about this this text writes my parents had a full picture book it outlines absolutely everything hi he- uh, heidi hubbard and heidi or Heike, um but it's not the point you try you have yes you try and you 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 put it out there and having a book is a great beginning, actually. Having, using a book to story tell about sexuality, that's what I did from when my kids were about four years old. There was a great book called Mommy Laid an Egg. And it's just about how parents fit together. It's very few details, but about how parents fit together to make a baby. And it talks about a seed and an egg, you know, uh, an egg and, and all of that. It's a great starter book. So, and you, and then you move on to... Uh, more complex bu- uh, books, of course. Coming up, I want to talk uh, I want to talk to you about the difference between a teacher teaching your kids about sex and your role in sex education with your children. That's up next. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion CJD 800. Did your parents talk to you about sex tonight? I want to talk about. I've been talking about what kids need to know about sexuality, how to tell them, and more about our role as parents with our kids. Uh, this texture of 514 writes, Hi, Dr. Lori, no one told me about my period. So when it happened, I hid it from my mom. So when I had my daughter, I wanted her to know what to expect. So I bought her this great book, American Girl Puberty Book. Uh, that's the book I bought my kids, by the way. The American Girl Library has a fantastic book called What's Happening to Me. Uh, or no, The Care and Keeping of You, it's called. The American Girl Public Library... Um, The American Girl, anyway, it's from the American Girl uh, Library uh, and it's called The Care and Keeping of You and it's everything to do with puberty, but also cleanliness, uh, hygiene, like all kinds of stuff. It says, please tell your listeners it has everything a little girl needs to know about her body. Yes, I loved that book and so did my kids. They ate that up. They really, uh, they used it for years actually. Uh, hi, Dr. Laurie. my parents relied on my school to tell us about sex. I found out about the period... From my friends, I don't understand why it was so difficult for parents to talk about sex back then. I'm 55 years old as well. I'm a big fan of yours. Love your advice, your interesting topics, and even your sense of humor. I'd really love to meet you in person at your 20th anniversary party, Maya. Uh, Thank you, Maya, for that. Anybody else who wants to have a chance to show up, come to our party on August 23rd. It's a Friday night where we'll have a live broadcast, but it's a big party beforehand. Uh, you are welcome to text in at 514-800. Tell me why you'd like to go. And every night we'll pick a couple of winners uh, who will join us uh, at this uh, exclusive event. I wish we could invite every single one of you, but uh, unfortunately we just don't have the space. So the teacher role versus the parental role in sex education. First of all, it is our job as parents to pass on our values right and you I'm sure you all agree in every aspect of life which also includes relationships that's our job the teacher's job is to impart information uh, not the values so that's that's for us to do and let's keep in mind that kids are watching and learning from everything that we do so when we're talking about sexual health or sexual wellness we also want our kids to know what uh, healthy relationships are. They're dating already. In uh, uh, some kids are have boyfriends, girlfriends, what have you, in elementary school already. Uh, so we need to talk about healthy relationships. We need to show our children what a healthy relationship looks like as well. So let's remember that that there's lots of things that they just um, will follow just by looking at us and observing us, right? So, in terms of the information though, I strongly believe that the information that our kids are learning should be a shared role between the school and the parents. But it is only our role to teach values. I don't want a teacher inserting his or her values, uh whatever values they have, which I may not be aware of whatsoever, onto my kids that would be up to me. Uh, so especially when it comes to relationships and, and sex or sexuality, that's up to me. So, but we need to have the balance. We need to be working uh, together. So if we look at what is a good sex education, let's say it happens on, on two levels talking to our kids, right? It has to do with the knowledge that we're imparting. So Of course, we want to be current with knowledge, which means we need to get informed. So being informed, having the knowledge base, and then imparting that content uh, to our kids. That's on one level. That's the easier level, by the way, right? Information, we can get information. The harder part is the way that we impart that knowledge to our kids. So what's important here is that we have to be aware of our own values. We have to be aware of how we present ourselves when we talk about this. So our kids are watching us, right? They're watching our facial expressions. They're watching uh, our body language. If we give them this information, but we're beet red and blushing as we're doing this, guess what they're looking at, right? So they are getting the message that this is a taboo subject or an embarrassing subject or a subject that has shame attached to it or whatever it is. So we we have to kind of get more comfortable even with with ourselves. So how we say it, really, uh, really important. We also have to start with a foundation. So these are like a foundation... Of beliefs, okay? We have to recognize that children are sexual beings. We are all born as sexual beings, each and every one of us. And we actually begin to learn about sexuality from the day we are born. Notice I'm saying sexuality and not sex because there's a difference, right? Sex is an act. Sexuality is a part of our being. It's a part of our humanness. Every one of us. So that's why I use the, the, those two terms a little bit um, differently. We want to be able to give kids the message that sexuality is an open topic in the family. So think about how you, um, you can do that. We also want to keep into consideration our child's cognitive development. Like where are they at? Where are they at developmentally? So we might want to learn more about development of kids to find out what age, what's appropriate at what age, what's normal. I get questions from parents all the time. Like my kid did this or are they, this, is this normal? Is this not normal? So it's hard to know. So we need to kind of inform ourselves, um, about that. I also believe that both parents need to be doing this. It's not about, uh, that mommies talk to girls about sexuality or their periods or uh, you know, I think dads have the same responsibility and dads should be talking to their little girls and moms should be talking to their little boys as well. So try and make this a shared thing. Don't say, well, go ask, you know, this is your mother's domain. Like go ask your mom, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. Like what's the message when, uh, when you hear that. Um, this, uh, interesting text says, this is why sex education should not be taught in our public schools. No teacher can be monitored by a parent. Parents are not allowed in the classroom. Parents therefore cannot monitor what their child is learning. Cultural differences on sexuality will not be considered by the Quebec government, not considered or respected. But the difference is, and I've seen the curriculum, they're not talking about, they're, they're presenting facts and knowledge without... Um, without a without the value base that that attaches, without what the teacher feels, for example, all right. So if if uh, uh, there's talk about pregnancy, for example, and the the teacher is uh, a staunch uh, 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 pro lifer, for example, then that would that might influence what she says. Um, to the kids about pregnancy, family planning, blah, 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 blah. This is actually one of the reasons why training is so necessary and why I believe sex education should be done by sexual health educators and not just by teachers who, well, hopefully these teachers are very, very well trained, but... I believe that if it's done by a sexual health educator, you have less of a chance of uh, imparting your own values. We want to teach information, and that's the role of the school, is to impart knowledge and information, not the values. But you can't deny information and think, well, I don't want my kid to have that information. But it's their facts as well. Well, we could talk more about that. I'd love to debate that with you. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Talking about the sexual health education of young kids, should it be up to the parents or the schools and or... And somebody says, you should do like a John Paul style rapid poll and ask people if they are for or against sex ed in schools. I'm curious because I have a feeling most people are against. So go ahead. For or against sex ed in school. I am definitely for sex education in schools. And I'm basing this simply on the research. And the research shows that the more comprehensive the sex sexual health education is and the more consistent it is the the rates of sexually transmitted infections go down the rates of unplanned pregnancies go down and these are facts these are replicated study after study complete all replicated so and the reality is that most parents are not offering their kids comprehensive (laughs) sex education they tell them what they think they need to know without really knowing what kids should know or being au courant or or completely aware of of everything that they are exposed to and being able to teach them uh, Texter writes, uh, we should be allowed to opt out of sex education being taught in our elementary high school. Parents aren't stupid. Most can read and write. We can teach our own kids, Lori. Uh, sadly, yeah, I, it would be nice if we all taught our uh, own kids, except that the studies don't bear that out. Most, most parents do not tell their kids everything they need to know, want to know about sexuality period that's just the way it works uh so a couple of people are saying against against um i i don't understand the against i really don't i think it's fear-based frankly um i think that you can have discussions you can teach the facts at school have the discussions at home uh you know a lot of people assume that if kids are learning about sexuality that that sex education means we're teaching them how to have sex. That is not what is happening. Not at all. What the kids are learning in the early, um, in the early stages, they're learning about sexual growth. They're learning about body image. They're learning about pregnancy and birth, the process they're learning about sexual assault they're learning about consent. They're learning about sexual identity, gender stereotypes, role, social roles, social norms. Um, they're learning about uh, a romantic life. What is a relationship? What is a healthy relationship? Like these are the things that they're learning. So I don't know why parents are panicking um, when it comes to sexual health education. If you only were to look at the research, you'll see why it's so important. Like to me, it's a no brainer that we need to have sex education from kindergarten all the way through. And again, we're not telling five-year-old kids how to have sex. Come on. This is like, this has been studied. The program has been created by professionals, professionals in in the field of sexuality. Why do they need to learn about that at such a young age? What is the that that you're talking about? Do you even know what they're teaching kids at five years old? Five years, five and six years old, they're teaching them about... This is what a girl's body is. This is what a boy's body is. This is what's appropriate. This is what, you know, um, they're trying to protect them from sexual assault. They're trying to protect them from, um, predators. Like there's things that why it's so important. I feel like I'm getting on my soapbox now, but, uh, like I think parents worry that, that the educators are going to be there telling the six-year-old. Uh, what oral sex is like, that's not happening. That is not what that's about at all. So I think it's based on a lot of fear and misinformation. So you say, I would be okay for some sex ed around grade eight, but not before by grade eight it's too late. You don't think that by grade eight, the majority of kids have watched porn. You don't want your kids to know that that's not real. Cause that's all they're going to know. They have watched porn already. And they've seen those images and they have seen all those acts. And kids are curious. Like you forget that they're going to look for that information. I would rather them have real quality information than for them to seek it out online and get pornography and think that that is what sex is about. Like we got to get our heads out of the sand, folks. We really do if you don't think that your children have access to imagery and all that stuff, whether it's maybe it's not in your home, could be at a friend's house, wherever it is, it's out there and so easily accept accessible. So you are deluding yourselves. If you think that your children remain so innocent because they don't, they are m- far more exposed than we ever were Ever. Kids are having sex, not necessarily at younger ages, because that hasn't changed. So it's not like kids are rampant sexually necessarily. It's still around the same between 16 and and 17 years of age that they're having their first sexual experiences, but they have questions and they look for their, the answers. You want Google to provide the answers or you want to provide the answers? I have a, I am a, I have a parent and as a doctor, you're allowed to have your, your opinion, but it does not sound like you're willing to take into account other people. That gets my thought respectfully. Uh, you know what? I do consider what other people are, are, are saying. I understand their worry, but I also know that their worries are not based on, um, on fact, on science, on studies, or on anything else that demonstrates that the more kids know, the sooner they know, the more likely they are to protect themselves and to delay sexuality. To me, that's a no-brainer. You want your kids to delay sexual activity. And when they do engage in sex, you want them to be safe. But every single study has shown that the kids who have the information are the ones who are going to delay it. And they're the ones who are going to protect them are more likely to protect themselves. How do you counter that? I don't know. Where's the argument against that? Please tell me. Uh, All right. We can have this discussion and keep going at it. I'm sure. Uh, Guys, thank you for, uh, for your text. by the way, Keep sending in. Um, you can send by email to laurie at The reasons why you want to come to our party. It's August 23rd. Tonight's winners are Maya, Paul, and Margaret. You're all going. You will be contacted. We have your phone number, so no worries. You'll be contacted in the next few days. Uh, your names will go on our guest list for the August 23rd, uh, 20th anniversary Passion Broadcast. If you are interested, to, every night this week during the show, send in a text Uh, letting me know why you'd like to be there and we keep all of your text so we'll keep all of your names and we'll just keep drawing from that every single night up until uh up until the event somebody says show us the studies you know what i'll pull out the studies I will pull out the studies and uh, and show you but they are there. Look for them. Go to Google Scholar. You'll find them. Uh, thank you to Brian Kalisar, our technical producer tonight. Thanks to all of you for uh, spending your time with me. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website drlaurie.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Hey boy, tap your feet. Come on, just tap your feet. Baby just drop your feet just then.